0: Thanks for tuning in to the Change Church podcast. We believe change is more than a church, it's a culture. And we are living out our purpose so that others can find theirs. We hope that this message encourages and inspires you. Now, here's Pastor Elijah Hollis. God is good. This is our Takeover Sunday. We got the youth in the building. We are launching our after school program in the new year. And today, we wanted to share the heart and vision of what we're accomplishing with the next generation. How many know that uh, when you come to Christ, Christ makes you new, and therefore your, your purpose becomes new, your future becomes new? Come on, somebody. And so we are taking all things that the enemy meant for evil. We're taking all situations, all circumstances, and uh, I love this youth group. In our church, because the mission statement literally is breaking the odds against them. Take over. Breaking the odds against them. And today I wanna to talk about bridge building. I wanna to talk to us today about being a bridge builder, someone who builds a bridge. Now, when you come into Christ, you come into a new purpose of building bridges. You're like, what? Really? Yeah, you're a construction worker when you come into Jesus. He makes you a bridge builder. How many are from the Philadelphia area? All right. So we have some people in the room that know about construction, right? How many have been here longer than a month? So, okay, all of us. Most of us know construction is a real deal in Philly. And uh, what I think is so crazy, we are here in Northern Liberty. So there's a lot of construction going on at all times. And everything that comes down... Um, you can, about a one in one chance, it's going to be an apartment complex. (laughs) We just know that, right? It's just what they're doing is the agenda right now is like, get more bodies in Philly. And so, uh, it's crazy to see though, whenever there is that space of like breaking down the old and making new, right? You have to break down the old and then usually there's a digging for the foundation to be built. I want to talk to us today about building a bridge, building a foundation so that we can see the next generation really come alive to their purpose. We believe this at Change Church. We believe that everybody has a purpose and a destiny. Do you believe it? You have a purpose. I have a purpose. My kids have a purpose. Everybody who comes into this church has a purpose. Everybody in our city that you walk by every day has a purpose. And so when Christ comes into your life, he takes that purpose and renews and restores and makes it something that is on point with his mission, bringing his kingdom to earth. Now, today we're celebrating the fact that we're launching this this movement. And uh, I'm excited for you to hear Doc's heart, Kirby, as they share uh, with you just the plan of what we're going to be accomplishing and doing with the next generation. We believe in the next generation. And we believe that when we shape them, we literally shape the future. So it's vital. It's vital that we pour into, we resource, and we enhance everything that they can do. But this, the, the crazy thing today is that there are a lot of obstacles happening. I was reading about crisis and trauma and, you know, whenever you deal with uh, people in general. But when you deal with the next generation, a lot of times you deal with trauma. I Me and actually, we were youth pastors in uh, Kennett Square for 10 years. And so we had the privilege of working with young people and being in the schools. And we had this nonprofit that we had these uh, school groups going on where they had like Bible clubs in their schools and just saw God move in a really, really amazing way. But in youth ministry, you find out a lot of uh, students go through trauma at a very early age. And I think uh, the statistics, I mean, have changed over the years. But when I was in youth ministry and really in the grind of, you know, finding all the statistics. It was like one in four girls was sexually abused and uh, one in four students uh, dealt with depression on a suicidal rate. In fact, it was like the high schools alone were over 50% depression on a suicidal rate uh, on a height level. And so we're dealing with um, people in general. I mean, this is all of us, right? We all start as youth. So you think about an entire population of people who are going around with crisis and trauma things that have happened. Now, if you research trauma and crisis, you find out the world has experienced crisis and trauma because of the pandemic and all the things that have happened. So now we find ourselves in a predicament where there's something to overcome. Have you felt that in your season? Where now that we find ourselves on the other side, you know, or whatever. He's finding things on the web for me. (laughs) Appreciate that. But we find ourselves kind of at the, the junction, if you would. A lot of individuals, even, even watching online, find themselves at a junction. You might find yourself at a junction where you have to make a decision that you have to overcome something that you've been through. You know, when you face life, when life happens to you, you go through things that mark you and create obstacles. That's what we found in youth ministry is there's a lot of obstacles for getting to that purpose. And you can preach purpose all day long. I can get up here and preach inspiration and purpose and destiny and you're gonna and your will and God will and He, all these things. But when it comes down to it, you have an obstacle to overcome. You have things to get through. and And I want to read uh, for Second Kings. I want to look at a, a story of Elijah. Now it's fitting because my name is Elijah, and I love the story of Elijah. He was the prophet of fire. You have to read up on him, by the way, if you want your faith to build. This guy was praying that rain would stop, and it did. He was praying down fire from heaven, literal fire, and burning things up. In fact, there's even a story where he was on a mountain and people were coming against him and he cast down fire and burned up the army. Isn't that crazy? Like, God, if I could just have a little ounce of that, it'd be sweet. Let's get some Old Testament fire in here. You know what I'm saying? But I want to look at the power of mentorship and the power of building a bridge to what you've experienced. Um, I believe with all my heart that when Jesus comes into your life, he changes you, he transforms you, and he brings you to a point that you couldn't have gotten on your own in the natural. Christ comes in, and Paul explained it like this. He said, all the dead things of my old self have died. They've literally passed away. And when we grieve over someone that we lost, right, it's, it's, a, it's a period on a season and a starting of a new season. And Paul was saying that when you come to Christ, he, he obliterates like everything of the past. And now you come into this newness of life. But now we're bridge builders. Look at your neighbor and tell them you're a bridge builder. You're a bridge builder. Now, what is a bridge builder? Let's define that for a second. Before we jump into the story of Elijah and Elisha, let's jump into being a bridge builder. When you build a bridge Usually, the, the reason for the bridge is to get over something, right? In the words of Justin Timberlake, build a bridge and get over it, right? Didn't you have a song like that? No, Cry Me a River. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I love JT, though. Shout out to you, boy. You're killing it decades later. But, but uh, bridges are built to get over something. And so as, as Christ followers, literally, we are looking for ways have people come and get over the hump, the, the place of obstacle, whether it be sin, crisis, trauma, past experience with the church. Um, when we came into Philly and we were having conversations with people, we were finding out all people have had experience with church at some capacity and have been hurt by the church. And so the mission of Christ followers is literally to replicate and exemplify who Jesus is. Because it's in the trueness of who Jesus is that people find hope. It's not in building a cool church where we all feel good and they're playing the right music and the message just hits us just right. No. It's when you feel who Jesus is. It's genuine. It's the power of Christ. And, And so when we have this in our life, when we have the power of Christ in our life, now our whole mission is to build a bridge for others to come and know that hope. It's another hope. So we find Elijah and Elisha. Now, Elijah, if you read up on him again, he just, he performed miracles. You see all these things in his life, but he had his, his mentoree, if you would, Elisha, who was following him, looking at his life. And this is where I want to pick up on the story is right before Elijah gets caught up into heaven in the chariot of fire. So second Kings, Chapter two, verse eight through nine is where we're going to pick it up. We have Elijah and Elisha, they're walking. And right before this, just to give a little context, uh, Elijah was telling Elisha where he was headed, where, the, where God was leading him. And he was saying, I need to go to Jericho. I need to go to Judah. I need to go to, and he would say, and Elisha would say, "I'm. you're not going there without me. Basically like, whether you like it or not, I'm going to follow you. And so we have this journey of Elijah following the Spirit and Elisha following, right? And it's the, the, the true picture of, of mentorship. It's someone following what they know, what they're confident in, and someone else looking on, learning from. This is the whole style of leadership, right? So Elijah, in verse 8, it says, Elijah took his cloak, rolled it up, and struck the water with it. The water divided to the right and to the left, and the two of them crossed over on dry ground. When they had crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, tell me, what can I do for you before I am taken from you? He said, let me inherit a double portion of your spirit, Elisha replied. Now think about this. Here we have a situation where Elisha had watched Elijah. He watched his life. He watched the way he did life and presented the power of Christ and everything of him. And when it came down to it of whatever he wanted from Elijah, he didn't want material. He didn't want, hey, you got that, you know, that cool camel that you ride around on, or whatever Elijah had, you know. Like it wasn't material at all. It wasn't anything to do in the earthly. It was, I want a double portion of what you have. So where Elijah was is where Elisha wanted to get to. This is the beautiful picture of mentorship. And so Elijah, he said, well, that's a tall order, right? He said, but if you see me, he said, if you see me when I'm caught up, you're going to get this double portion. So anyways, after the fact, now Elijah is taken away in the chariot of fire, right? He comes through, and Elisha watches the entire thing happen. And we see in the scripture that it says Elijah's cloak fell to the ground, right? It was the only thing that was left behind. So we pick up the story in verse 13. It says, Elisha then picked up Elijah's cloak, That had fallen from him and went back and stood at the bank of the Jordan where that miracle had taken place. He took the cloak that had fallen from Elijah and struck the water with it. The same thing he had seen Elijah do. This is mentorship, right? If I've seen my teacher and now I'm going to do it myself. So he struck the water with it and it said, where now is the Lord, the God of Elijah? I want you to catch this. Okay, because the genuine spirit of God was with Elijah. And he said, where is now the Lord, the God of Elijah? When he struck the water, again, it divided to the right and the left, and he crossed over on it. Elijah was passing on something to the next generation. He was building a bridge to get to the destiny that God has for every single one of us. You have to know, as a Christ follower, Jesus doesn't say, all right, there are a select amount of you that can get the power of Christ, can have the Holy Spirit working through you. You are the elite. No, when Jesus came, he broke down all barriers so that all could walk in this power, walk in this authority. And that's why we're all bridge builders, not just some of us. It's not just for the pastor or the evangelist or the apostle or those that are set apart. No, it is for everyone to carry this mission. And so we build a bridge. This is what Elijah did, is he built a bridge, but bridges need foundation because you can't just have, you know, a plank across. You need a foundation. You know what I read? I read that this this pandemic has really caught everybody off in a space of having to, to overcome and come into. But they found that there are two things, there are two things that I guess studies have shown. That are the only things that can help students and us individually come into our next season and overcome this crisis. You know what they are? Sure. Two things. Number one, community. Yes. <laughs> community. They said the only way to rebuild and re come into the life that you maybe once knew, or even better than, is to get back into relationship, back into community. And don't you know that's why the scripture said? Don't neglect the meeting together. Don't neglect the gathering. Come be community. Have relationship with one another. And that's why we put an emphasis on brunch church and coming together because this is what you need to heal. There's healing in community, there's sharpening in community. There's rebuke in community. There's encouragement in community. I mean, when you come together in community, then you can finally get a good perspective on who Christ is and really see, okay, I'm a little off here because community is sharpening that. It's sharpening us to be the greatest people that we can be. This is what God is calling us to build, a foundation of community. The other thing I said is is vital in the healing process and coming out of um, crisis and trauma is this to have purpose, have a reason, a reason to wake up, a reason to get out of bed, a reason to go outside and to get dressed and put yourself together, a reason to live. Don't you know the greatest reason we have to live on earth is for Christ? In fact, if you really break it down, it's the only reason we have to live. When we get to heaven, none of anything else that we've built will matter all that will matter is the bridges that we built so that people could follow Christ. This is what Elijah did is he created community with Elisha. He showed him purpose and how every day he walked it out. He worked it out. He, He presented it in such a way that it was a natural part of his life. And he built that. And this is what we're doing in this, this, this space of the faith gap, because you see, I want to read you a scripture in First Timothy because there's, there's a faith gap to being young. And there's a faith gap to where you're from and going to where you need to be. Now, for instance, when I was young, I was very, you know, shy, insecure, all this stuff. But we were on the road and we traveled as a family. And we, so we, you know, my dad, a lot of you know the story, but my dad uh, said, hey, we're going to the road. So we sold everything, bought a trailer, and we lived in it. And we we traveled around, went from church to church, preaching, presenting the gospel. You know, we would sing as kids. We had these little drama skit things. It was very embarrassing. But we did it anyways. And we had this little rap thing for our names. It was a whole deal. So we did this for years, and, and it was it was uh it was a cool part of my life. But then when we, we settled down, we came into Pennsylvania, we launched a church and and all this stuff. But there there was a part of my life where God called me to be a leader when I felt like a follower. And it was the faith gap. It was the obstacle, if you would. And there are a lot of students that deal with things in their life that see it as an obstacle to get to maybe where they feel God is calling them to. Maybe God's calling them to reach their school. Maybe God's calling them to break out of where they are, right? And be successful and go after the things that they feel creatively, artistically, that they want to go after. But they have the obstacle of saying, but I'm here. And so this is the bridge we have to build to overcome the obstacle that are against them, the odds that are against them. And this is, this is everybody in, in society, but, but this is what we're doing with the takeover after school program. We're creating a bridge to overcome, a bridge to overcome, a bridge of community and purpose. So 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 12. Some of you know this, it's a very popular scripture, but I want to read it today. And this is Paul talking to Timothy. So he writes him a letter because Timothy was a young minister. And back in uh, those times, it was looked down upon to be young. Now, when we're talking about Timothy, you know, he was, they, they say average to be around 30. So honestly, it wasn't that young. I mean, today, right? The new 30 is like young, I guess, right? We're just gonna call it that. First Timothy. When, it's, it's funny because when I feel like when you get 30, you're like, oh, 30's so young. And then when you get 40, it's like 40's so young. And then 50, 50's the new 30. You know, it's like you just go with it until you're just, you know, 70, and then you're like, okay, no more. <laughs> I'm old. Let's just accept I, I like it. Right? Gene, <laughs> <laughs> I love you. 70. So 1 Timothy chapter 4 the Ephesians were looking at Timothy as a young minister, looking down upon him. And so Paul was encouraging Timothy. This was a mentorship. This was an obstacle that Paul was helping Timothy overcome, right? Listen to his words as he encourages Timothy. He says, Timothy, don't let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for the believers in speech and conduct and love and faith and in purity until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of scripture, to preaching and to teaching. Do not neglect your gift. Ooh, I could stay in that just for a little bit. Would you stay here with me? Because he says, do not neglect your gift. Notice how how Paul was pointing out Timothy's gift. There was was a time and and back in, in the times they would anoint the person for ministry. And they would all the elders would gather around and put their hands on them and prepare them for ministry. Now, I don't know if we've kind of stepped away from this in the Western church, but we serve a God who sent the Holy Spirit to fill every one of us. And so when we come in here, yes, we have faith in God, but we have a, a tangible spirit that we all carry. And what they did as elders is they would lay their hands on them and almost put on the anointing onto the gift that God had placed on the student, on the person that was feeling the call of God in their lives. And they would be filled with the spirit. Tim, Paul was reminding Timothy, hey, don't neglect the gift. Remember the time when we laid our hands on you and the spirit of God filled you for what you are to come. What was he doing? He was building a bridge, right? He's saying, Timothy, Don't neglect where you're going. Thanks, sir. He's saying, listen, I know you started here, right? You have this calling, but you're like, too big. This is crazy. Obstacle is I'm young. Obstacle is I have no experience. Obstacle is my family is broken apart. Obstacle is do you know what neighborhood, what block I'm from? Obstacle is I've been abused. I've been sexually molested. I've been, I've been verbally put down. My parents don't love me. I don't have my father. Whatever it is, you have an obstacle saying, I can't get there because of here. This so is why it's so important that we build bridges. Because when we build a bridge of community, we say, come on up. Come into community where we can remind you of the gift that God gave you. So crucial. It's so crucial to point out the gift. And then he said, and he keeps going, he goes, be diligent. So the whole thing, verse 14, do not neglect your gift, which was given you through the prophecy when the body of elders laid their hands on you. Verse 15, be diligent in these matters. Give yourself wholly to them so that everyone may see your progress. Ooh, he's Philadelphian, right? Trust the process. He was ready. He was ready before it was a thing. He said, listen, Timothy, number one, don't neglect your gift, right? This is community. We're going to remind you the spirit that's in you. This is, we're going to come alongside of you, mentor you to that place, and then we're going to remind you of the purpose, right? Give yourself wholly to this. This is the whole reason you're here. It's the whole reason. And what do you do? You build a bridge to say, I'm confident in where I'm going, right? Now the obstacles are underneath. Are they still there? You bet. You bet. They don't go away. Obstacles stay there. The wages of sin is death. Not the wages of sin was death. The wages of sin is death. But it's the eternal gift of God that we have eternal life. The obstacle is always there. We can always fall away. Every single one of us in this room can fall away. We can go back. The wages of sin is death. You go back to sin, guess what? You're the wages of sin. That's what you earn. But the eternal gift of God is eternal life in Jesus. You're just looking out for me, aren't you? Yeah. And we, what we do is we, we build these bridges so that confidently, confidently they walk in purpose they walk in purpose he says be diligent in these matters don't give up keep going and so here's the faith gap here's what we're building today is we're building a faith gap for these students to go from where they are currently into where god has called them to we're building a space with our resources our time our talent our treasure And today you have the opportunity to pray. What's your part? How do you become a bridge builder? And I want to encourage you too, even out of this space, what are some ways that God is calling you to build bridges for people to come to know Christ? And it's the little things, right? It's the text message. It's the note. It's the showing up with a coffee. It's the little things of love that we redefine who Christ is, that we reach out as a true friend and become someone who is, is building a bridge. At Change Church, we believe in doing life together. If you want to connect with us, you can visit us online at thisischange.org or any social media platform at thisischange.phl. Thanks for joining us and have an amazing week.